Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the greatest spectacle is being brought to you with Julie Jubaka Fairy, Anthony A.J. Lujan, Clifford Red Dog Miller, and this is Get the K.O. And welcome everybody. This is Get the K.O. I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller, and as always, I have my co-host, Julie Jubaka. Hi, everybody. And Anthony may or not be joining us today. Um, unfortunately, we did have someone that was really close to us pass away. So our thoughts Tundle and prayers go out to the families of those that, that are affected. So um, hopefully we'll see him. If not, you yeah. know, love you, Anthony. We'll uh, catch you when you get back on. But with that being said, we do have a special guest with us today. And he is none other the greatest wrestler on WCF Wrestling's roster. The second greatest wrestler on AUW's roster. He is Darian Logan. Let's take that. That was an awesome introduction. I think you meant to say AUW. <laughs> we, keep well, we keep you pushing <laughs> it's what it is right? <laughs> so Julie if you didn't you know here. thanks for having me Kevin. yeah I'm so glad that you're on man I, I know we've been talking about this for a couple weeks now to get you on the show uh, Julie if you I gotta catch up to speed so Mr. Logan here is the muscle of his group called Dauntless his faction Comprised of. Is it really safe to call me the muscle? I mean, <laughs> you were like. The rest of the people in the group. <laughs> yo, let's be. I, I, okay, so imagine, Julie, that earthquake, Vader, Typhoon, and like Mabel, this King Mabel decided to make a faction. That's what Dauntless is. Four of the yes. biggest dudes I've ever seen. In the wrestling oh, I'm ring together. I'm so here for it. Super OD. I, I'm so here for it. That sounds like... Oh, <laughs> yes, I agree with all of that statement. I agree with the, the entire sentence, the premise. Then, then, then add Paul Heyman as the manager. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my God. Kind I'm of loving this kind of spoilers so to give you a heads up um i was working security for the ceo and the coo or the vice president for auw and mr paul Heyman was like don't even get involved and he took his jacket off but he kept stepping backwards because he knows he ain't trying to step to me that's just what i'm gonna say i mean he's a manager where you're gonna try to step to me I was like, I don't know why you're taking your jacket <laughs> off. Like, you might as well just stand there because, you know, I'm not going to move. I'm not going to be dumb and run in and get punched in the face like all the WWE security guards do. That's that's not smart at all. That's <laughs> like survival. <laughs> well, I, well, I mean, every WWE security guards, I'm, that's that's the easiest couple hundred dollars you can make. Like, <laughs> legit, if you're local talent, they're like, hey, can we just get a couple of people? Sure, I'll take that couple hundred dollars to be on TV. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. I, mean, I just, I just gotta get punched by Brock Lesnar once. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> right. Like, oh no, I got, I have to have like be thrown over a another 
popcorn stand or whatever. Oh no! Like, here's here's five hundred dollars. <laughs> Goldberg's gonna spear you. Like what? No. Right. What? <laughs> okay. Hey, I take that. <laughs> so, right. It's a couple I'll... hundred dollars and a good story. <laughs> oh, exactly. I got paid five hundred dollars to get speared by Goldberg. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying, that. like. What are you what are you doing on the Monday? That's a cool story to have about. What did you do this past Monday? That I got paid $500. I got paid $500 and took a Superman punch by Roman Reigns. He missed, but don't tell him that. <laughs> now, now, now. $500 Superman punch by cuz I'm going to segue back into what we're supposed to be talking about from Roman Reigns. But would you do the $500 Superman punch from hmm, Segway because we we saw it in the pick from Fra- from Frank Mir because we saw that's wrestling segue uh, back to MMA. Uh, no, I would yeah. take a- <laughs> I would take the punch. Not for five hundred dollars. Not for five hundred dollars. Yes, I would. dollars. I'm not worried about his pillow Screw hands. That. At me, bro. <laughs> Anyways, Screw that. no. Now, if you ask me if he nope. was to put me in a submission, no, I would not do it for five hundred dollars. Because that shit would hurt. Because <laughs> I've seen him snap bones. Name the last time you saw him knock out a guy. Out. With, his, with his hands. So, when, no. You're going to have to pay me more than $500. Be honest. When was the last time you saw Frank Mir knock somebody out? Uh, Todd Duffy. When, when, yeah, when Todd Duffy came back from his like super back injury? Like, come on, man. Like, it's I'm... still Todd Duffy. After that, it was Bigfoot Silver. Duffy, yo, Duffy. And Duffy's this was like career fat Frank Mir. Huge... Yeah, it was fat Frank Mir, right? But Duffy's career took a huge dip after, like, okay, so let's be real. He had the six second knockout, seven second knockout, and against yep. him, and everybody was talking about how great he was. And then he, like, he hurt his shoulder. He was gone for a year. He got cut, or he hurt his knee. And then he got cut by the UFC because he was talking trash to Dana White. And then he went around. He got knocked out by Alistair Overeem. And then he got on a, a little bit. That's Alistair Overeem. Yo, that's, well, is, first of all, that's a, it was a, it was, and we, I have to caveat this. Was, it was a steroid. It was Overeem? Was it Overeem? Yeah, it was that <laughs> That's one. a big was distinction. <laughs> I have it to caveat. That's a big distinction. <laughs> yeah. Almost everybody got knocked out by Overeem. <laughs> And then elephants queer elephants were shaking because yeah. the amount of juice in that man. He was, yeah, he was he was low on everything. God, it was he was I, a, I, he was a science I experiment. I I love yep. I love that <laughs> side by sides of Uberim versus Overim, and you just see it. You're like, <laughs> I love both. Um, I I my love favorite side by side pre and post. You saw the pictures are the best. <laughs> My favorite side by side was Vitor's because Vitor's mm. is the most evident. It oh, like, it's it's painful. Well, yeah, but look at Overeem. Overeem started at 185 pounds and then went to 245. Yeah, yeah. I'm awesome. Oh, I'm just eating. This is like, <laughs> good yeah. God, man. Yeah. But but yeah, you sound back like to, the rest of those bodybuilders, bro. <laughs> back to no, listen, back to Duffy. Listen. So Duffy what, Uber Uber. But Duffy gets on this little bit of a win streak, and then he comes back into the UFC, hurts his back, gets weighed a year, comes back to the UFC, and um, all of a sudden he gets knocked out by Frank Mir. 
And let's not act like Frank Mir doesn't really have power. Oh, he does right. have power. Before he before he got into that motorcycle accident, he was knocking dudes out. Yep. True indeed, he right. had a main jiu-jitsu game, but he definitely was knocking dudes out. Right. When well. you're at heavyweight. So Now, I'm not saying that fight could have went either way, and there's no shame to get knocked out by a guy like Frank Mir. Especially no. Frank Mir at that size. Frank Mir at the time was 265 pounds. He was at the limit. Right. And see, like... Frank Mir and see, so, I know I've watched all I've watched Frank Mir's career, and yes, he does have deadly hands, but it's his submission game that like I just I can't believe like God bless that man breaks people's legs, yes. breaks their arms. His, his submissions game is, is ridiculously is on point. That's why one is all right. Prime example: one of Dilly and how and how respectful his submission game is. Look at the fight that he had with Daniel Cormier. Oh yeah, he was Daniel Cormier's first match in the UFC. Daniel Cormier oh, yeah. would not take Frank Mir to the ground. Daniel Cormier also did not really want to throw hands with, with Frank. Mir. So what did Daniel Cormier do? He put him up against the cage and just beat him up in the clinch. That's yep. all he did. He didn't dare take Frank Mir down. Nah, super tap outs. That's all I'm seeing. But yep. that's how a guy with the, the caliber of grappling. Of Daniel Cormier would not go to the ground with Frank. Right. Well, I mean, and look that at that should tell you everything you need to know about. Mm-hmm. Frank. Well, look at look at Norguera, who was a he's he is a black belt. I mean, he's a legitimate black. He trains people like he's a legit black belt Brazilian Jiu Jitsu guy who got who knocked out Frank. Well, he didn't knock out. He knocked down Frank Mir. Frank Mir was out of it, and then as oh, himself, he, he, he went right him. to the ground. He, yeah, and then, and then got Frank his arm broken. Got hold of his arm, and we all know how that went. Right. You know what's so funny that we're actually talking about the Noguera fight, right? Really quick. So, what my guy, my guy who trained me um, for six months in Hawaii, his name's Richard Dela Reyes. Um, he's going to be on the show probably here in the next couple weeks. Um, hey. He's actually really good friends with Noguera, and Noguera came to Hawaii to visit his school called the Mango Tree. And he was in a cast, and he was like, yeah, I have a spiral fracture all the way down my arm. <laughs> I was like, uh, he broke his arm in three places. Shit. I was like, god damn, Frank Mir's ruthless with this. That sucks. So speaking of Frank Mir, let's get into the Bellator, right? So we have a lot of things that we want to cover. Uh, Bellator 222, yep. right? A um, lot of great Man. highlights for this show, though. Yes. So, well, so there's only what? First and last fight were the only two that weren't non-decisions. Right. Everything else were, were fireworks. So we had Horiguchi versus uh, Darian Caldwell. Uh, this was in the Bantamweight. Uh, 48, 47, 49, 46, 49, 46. I think when I watched this fight, I think I actually had it 49, 46 as well. It's been a couple weeks because we had Father's Day and then we're right. recording today. So. And there's been a lot of fights between now and then. Wow. Right, in general. But there's been, there's just been a lot of stuff in life happening in general. So whatever. Right. That's, people, you got the Google machine. Type it in your God box. You'll be fine. <laughs> and let's, let's cover my, my guy, Koyoji Horiguchi, really quick. Right. Like, this guy has been slept on. They, like, the, people have been sleeping on him ever since he lost to Demetrius Johnson. 
And I really think that's that's a shame because it's just like he only lost once, and it was to Demetrius Johnson. That doesn't make the guy not good. Right. No, you're right. He beat everybody in front of him, but unfortunately the UFC hype train had to hype him up to fight Demetrius Johnson because Demetrius Johnson contenders because he beat just about everybody in his damn division. Well, everybody in his division. (laughs) At that time, anyway. It's wild because his last fight was against Ali in the UFC when he was on fight night. Um, And he even won that fight, and then they cut him. And then you see him fight someone like Ian McCall. Like, a, you know, in oh, May. That's crazy. Yo, yeah, you cut a guy after he loses. Cut, wild. You cut Koyoji Horiguchi after he wins. Yeah. He won every fight that he fought in the UFC except one. Yeah, you that's cut the him? UFC for you, though. The yeah, they, they, they've got ass-backwards way of deciding who to let go and who to keep. You know, they've got people they're still paying that haven't fought in the damn thing fucking for years. Right. <laughs> Calling you out, McNuggets. Um, <laughs> he barely fights in the same thing, and I just uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play double advocate on that. I Mc like Nuggets, him. McNuggets like ain't gotta fight no more. He got more than enough money. Oh, to go which I, I get, which I do, but like, let him go. Like, let him off. At least let it open to where you're not consistently going. Well, maybe we might be able to get him. Like, I'm sick and tired of Dana going. Oh, Connor's really serious right now. He's really serious about. Fight. No, he's fucking not. No, he's not. Let him go fucking sell whiskey. Open up the, the like. Just, just accept that he's not there anymore. And then let's. Is it bad that I actually got a bottle of that in my house right now? Well, <laughs> it's actually really good whiskey. Is it? I'm gonna yeah. have to get some now. It's actually good. Like, if this makes sense, the way. Um, there was this whole, like, he's not a fan. He's like, fuck Jameson or whatever it was. I was like, oh, see, listen, listen, can't we just have both? Okay. We, why do we got to go and start picking on my favorite, one of my favorite whiskeys? I don't like a lot of whiskey. whiskey. I don't, I actually am not a fan of most whiskey, except if it's an Irish whiskey. Because I don't like sour mash ones. It's this, uh, it's whatever. So I'm like, dude, can we do honey jack? Yeah, that is no. I don't do honey, but before I stopped doing honey, I've had it, and that one wasn't bad. That was the only sour mash whiskey I probably would put in my dome. So the fun fact of what we're saying is fuck McGregor. That's that's what we're getting at. That's pretty much what we're doing. Anyways, bring this back. Yeah, 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 back to that. So we're going to move up, though. We're going to talk about this next fight, right? So uh, Juan Archuleta mm-hmm. defeats Eduardo Dantes uh, with a knockout. Fight. Second round, 4 minutes, 59 seconds. Um, I'm I actually have honest. the highlight going on. I have the highlight going on right now in the background. You know how we were trying to figure out how it ended? Yeah. I, we were right. It was a lead-up of a kick to a punch. Yeah. So he does like a kick, and then it's the punch that knocks him out. So you of, were right about seeing a kick. What what kind of kick was it? I'm doing a quick rewind because I'm doing a replay because I'm doing the actual because I wanted to see the actual fight since we were talking about it. Mad fails. We know what kind of kick it was. Super kick party! <laughs> Precisely. Super kick Party! Yeah, let's go. I was so as I'm as I'm letting this play right now. I was saying for you fun fans out there, saying that that's my husband's 
alarm tone. So that's how I get to wake up during the day. So there's that. Oh, it's just a front kick. It's just a quick snap to the front. And he goes down. As he goes oh down, God. he comes back up, and that's when he gets him with the punch. Yeah. So it's it. just like, yeah, it's 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 real quick because the kick doesn't really do much, but was enough to where when Homeboy went to go do a response, that's when he was able to come back up and pop him right in the face. It was qu- and it was quick. And it, it was just yeah, a quick. Bam. He just he just laid out too. It was a nasty yeah. nasty punch. Can't can't knock it. So big whoops to on on his big victory. Yeah. Patrick Mix. Uh, right. Defeats Ricky Banderas. Uh, submission, rear naked Dude, choke. The, the way he got on his back and just was like, by the way, this is mine now. I, yep. I, I was so impressed the way he climbed up him like a tree. He, he was on Banderas' back. Like it did. was, oh, hey, like, he was like, oh, look at this. It's mine. Like, this is where I live now. Like, what's, it made he made it look effortless. What's the little monkey's name from Dora the Explorer? Because I feel like that's what happened. Like he's oh, I don't. Back and just grab. I don't off. know. He just he he looked the way he climbed his back. It just was incredibly flexible. And then once he sunk that, it sunk oh. that arm underneath his chin. What was that to loaded? get him in that submission? That it was nice. Hmm. Logan, what'd you say? Hello. Something wrong? We got a little bit of technical difference. No, I. Just trying to figure it out. What you were, you said you. It sounded like you said you were gonna say something. No, I was just saying absolutely. Like, oh, okay. He took the back. The smoothest. Like it was just so. Yeah. It it was it made it very it, it made it look like anybody could do it. You couldn't. <laughs> Not everybody could do that. I see so, a lot of pros fail at it, but he did. It, he made it look easy. So big ups to Patrick Mix for that. Um, mm-hmm. After that, we had uh, Dylan Dennis defeat <clears throat> Max Humphrey. Submission, armbar, first wow. round, 428. Big, big round of applause to Dylan Banish. Big I, round of applause. He did good. I hate the fact that Bellator does that, by the way. I really I really do. Bellator literally feeds guys to guys that have absolutely no business to be in the ring. Yeah, yeah I don't... I don't... But like I, just, I, said, give, I, like, I get it, you're trying to promote... This guy because he has a little bit of star power because he's from the McGregor camp. Like I, I get it. Right. But come on, this isn't pro wrestling. This is man. Yeah, he. You know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of like uh, if Conor McGregor and Enzo and uh, Enzo had a baby. That's what Dylan Danis reminds <laughs> me of. Like legit this with the thing. leopard. With the leopard ass shorts, what the fuck? It was the same way with the uh, MVP, like and how they were building mm-hmm. MVP up. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! They gave MVP a bunch of guys who absolutely didn't belong in the league with him. He was just like, "Oh, Cyborg was a tough fight. Cyborg was at is at the end of his career, literally, mm-hmm. literally. Not saying it doesn't make him any less dangerous, but he's literally at the end of his career." Yeah, no, I understand that one. But then you see, you see the difference when they actually put him in the ring with somebody of, of his caliber, or better. That's that's what I want to see. Is they stop feed, when they stop doing that tunnel feed to the, some of these people like Danis and get him against somebody. That's a real challenge. Right? I say yeah. it's, same thing happened to Danis as a, a partner. Like what's his name? Um, I call him Baby McGregor. And kind of like copies like Connor's tattoos. Oh yeah, oh, I know who you're talking about. Bellator. 
I know yeah. who you're talking about too. I know you're talking about too. I can't remember his name. But like, yeah, yeah dude was talking all that trash and getting in this guy's face before the fight starts, and he gets knocked the fuck out. <laughs> they build right. him up to be this really, this really big, you know, this really big thing, and he has his first fight in Bellator. He beats the guy handedly. Then they give him somebody who they think is a tomato can, but is actually a really good fighter. They should have did re- They should have research. And this guy's talking all this smack, and I'm telling my cousin at the time because I'm watching the fight. My cousin like, like, dude, this dude's gonna knock this guy out. He doesn't have mm. the stand up. This guy is. Like, he's like, no, he's not. I'm like, all right, watch the same. <laughs> Wouldn't you know? Right. It's like you build these. You keep. I, I hate stat padding. It is something that I would like for MMA to leave boxing. It's not something that you should take from boxing. You know, take the pay scale from boxing, but don't 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 take the, the stat padding. Right. The feeding of fighters. Yeah. Um, fighters that have no business fighting. Guys. Like, stop it, please. Well, speaking of guys who probably shouldn't be fighting anymore, we have Leo <laughs> Machida versus Shell Sonnen. Uh, TKO, <laughs> knees and punches. Uh, round two, 20, 22 seconds stuff. in. Um, that was a hell of a jump knee from a very old man. I will oh give you that. God, <laughs> Leo Machida. But the thing is, but like Leo Machida, I think he's like forty-one years old, forty-two years old, but he's so technically smooth still in the ring in the octagon. It's I just mean, incredible you, you to see. You don't lose it, and that's something that I've always appreciated about this game. He knows what he can do, can he yeah. optimizes on what he can what he can do. Really, really well. Well, he's so he doesn't try. He doesn't try to force anything. He doesn't try to be with like you know. He's older, so he knows what he can and can't do. Right. That's what I was gonna say. Is that strengths and his weaknesses are. That's what I was gonna say. Is that he understands like his timing is like his best weapon because it's so awkward. People can't solve that puzzle. Ask Randy Couture's teeth. They're somewhere in the octagon still. But, uh, yeah, it's like... I'll, okay, I'll, I'll raise you one uh, one Yoel Romero <laughs> <laughs> mauling. Because <laughs> that was Leota's last fight in the UFC that I can remember. Well, uh, Yoel, it was him, that was Leota Machida, and Yoel Romero, that legit mauled him. He did some super athletic breach out of water, like I like to call Yoel Romero the great black shark. <laughs> but uh he fucking he, he breaches and just explodes off the cage hits but, him with a freaking ankle tap takes him down to the ground and literally smashes his face in with three elbows and that's the end of the fight yoel so we waited literally a round and a half for that to happen <laughs> but yoel romero is a whole different beast than a Shell Sonnen or a randy couture or you know because like when Sh- when shogun hua fought Machida, he did the same thing. He rushed in. He just took the fight to Machida. He didn't wait for the fight to come to him. And we kind of noticed that in the first fight that they had too because, you know, right towards the end, like, we saw Machida was losing rounds for the first time. And so when we had the second fight, Shogun wasn't going to wait. He just went in for the kill. And that's exactly what Yoel did too. He he knew what he had to do. Yeah. You know my other favorite thing about you? You know my other favorite thing about Yoel Romero? His abs. That he won that no, that he won that twenty-seven point forty-five mil, was it? Oh yeah. Over that, over that tainted loss, the the tainted supplement lawsuit. You want to talk about? 
everyone was calling him all sorts of name, and he was like, I'm going to sue over it. Now he's walking away. Oh, yeah, 30. Yeah. But yeah. 30. Another guy who doesn't have to fight anymore. <laughs> right. Right. He'll fight when he wants to. Right. Another guy who does not have to fight a day in his life. Yep. Man. That just came up um, on my thingy. I happen to see that again. But I do want to say one thing to the bad guy, to the American gangster. You had a phenomenal career. Thank you for everything that you've done for uh, for the sport and showing us that sometimes it's not always having to be the most talented guy in the Octeon. You just got to be marketable. And you, sir, even though you are very talented, you are more marketable through your mouth. And uh, I, had, I loved every minute that you got people riled up to the point that they wanted to fight you at the press conferences. So thank you for that. Oh, him and Vandalay for a life. Oh my god. <laughs> when he kept saying when he kept talking about Anderson Silva, like Anderson Silva could speak English. He just chooses oh. not to. Like, oh my god. That was yeah. the best. And then he got knocked out. Um, you, One of the best heard, shit talkers. I was say, have you heard Anderson Silva speak English? It's, it's crazy listening to this man's voice because he sounds like he would be a complete pushover, but he'll fuck you up. Right, <laughs> right. Like he'll fuck you up, son. He'll right. fuck up your entire day. <laughs> I love those ones. I love people like that. Where like you heard him on the phone, and you're like, "This guy sounds like a bitch," and then you see him in person. Right, like, not even. Like, I'm gonna say even looking at him because he's not a physically imposing person. Like, yeah, I know. I get that. Think one. of like guys with like six packs and these big ass muscles and shit. Anderson does not look like that. He even like just looking at him, he looks very yeah, intimidating. You know who you also, up, you know who reminds me of that too is the 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 clone of him, which is Israel Adesanya. He's another one that like it's pretty dangerous. But like if he was walking down the street, I'd be like, "What? What's up? What you looking at?" And then he like punch my head <laughs> off my shoulders, and I'd be like, "Oh, that's that's what you were looking at. You were looking at me. You were looking <laughs> right at me. I did something wrong. I am sorry, sir. My head is over there. Let me go collect it. I'm gonna go get that. I'm gonna get my jaw yeah. real quick." Him and him, and, they have a very similar small frame, so they don't look intimidating, but they're very good at their craft. So, I, I yeah, no, I understand. Whoa, where did you go? So, sorry. For Wait, the main event, we'll talk about Crazy this now. Rory McDonald versus Nimihan uh, Gracie. Uh, welterweight title was on the line, it was retained by uh, Rory very, McDonald. Very technical fight. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Extremely technical bout. Like, that was, if you're a fan of grappling, or just a fan of just, like, MMA period, and watch, like to see guys mix it up on all sides, that was a hell of a, that was a hell of a match. That was a hell of a fight. Yeah, if you're a fan of grappling, you're probably not a fan of UFC, because they boo all the time during the fucking thing. <laughs> well, unfortunately, you have some it sucks. that I like it's... to call MMA Fairweather fans. They only really like to see people stand up. Yeah, I hate that. Learn more. Learn more of the game, y'all. So, so I, wanna... I will. I will say this before I forget. I was a little like McDonald looked different to me. Did he look different to you guys? You want, like, uh, like he didn't. Cut? I don't know. Not physically. Just like the way he was fighting. I was like, I don't. He had to be very. Ca- he had to be very careful. Yeah, like, like the first time that we've seen Roy McDonald like 
he's always been a calculated fighter. Mm-hmm. But like he had to be extremely calculated. Okay, so me, okay, yeah. he had to be perfect. That that, if he, that, if he that wasn't, explains because why why look because I was watching him I was like dude you don't remind me like you look you look different you're you're you look more hesitant than I'm used to you being and but I mean it makes oh, yeah. sense with it, with I'm with a... it makes sense with the fact that he was going against a Gracie and you know like oh I don't want to fucking go against this guy make it easy so right honestly none of uh Roy's defenses. Or title wins have been easy. They've all this come by like, very, like, like bad struggling. He's overcome a lot of obstacles. None of, yeah. none of which where he was extremely impressive and just looked like, oh yeah, that guy definitely didn't belong in the ring. He fought right. tooth and nail for these W's. Right, tooth and nail. Like it, it has not been easy. And like him fighting a guy the caliber of Greasy, and he realized, okay, I can't throw a wild strike because I don't want to be on the ground with him. I'd, I'd rather not get in a grappling match with a Gracie. No. And that's smart. But unfortunately, Gracies are very smart to stick to what they know. They get back to their tools. And like, eh, yeah, I can stand up, but I'd much rather grapple. So he kept putting, his, putting him in those positions. And Roy honestly responded quite well to all of the adversity that he was put through. Yeah, if that's one thing I can yeah, say about was, Roy McDonald some... is that he's – like he's very tough, you know what I mean? Like unnecessarily extremely. tough, <laughs> right? Because he's an extremely tough individual. I will give him that all day long. Because I'll he can blast through a lot. <laughs> the guy, if honestly, if Rory didn't shatter his face, I'm sorry, not Rory. Honestly, Robbie didn't shatter his face. Pretty sure he would have kept fighting Robbie in that title fight. Oh yeah. Yeah, he was his. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. He's he's one of those fighters that unfortunately like, he's too tough for his own good because yeah, like he just much. he eats everything. It's insane. So we get a so that was our uh, Bellator 22 kind of quick coverage. Uh, a lot of great fights that were on the card. So we just want if you want to check out the highlights, it's on YouTube. Google it. Do what you want to do. One thing that we talked about. Um, a couple episodes ago, and we'll start including on these episodes, is kind of like the bigger branch of like other MMA promotions, right? So uh, 1FC has held three fight cards since we talked about it last, right? So on June 14th, uh, we did have one, uh, one hero series uh, for June. I just want to talk about the top three fights really quick. We're not really going into details with them. Uh, Loon June won by KO, TKO in the second round against Sung Zhu Koi. Uh, this was a super series for kickboxing, which was kind of cool. I love the fact that 1FC is all about um, different types of fighting, not just like hey, it's just martial arts. You know, it we do is have... a it is a dope promotion. I have to say that world class variety. I still don't like the fact that they don't test for steroids, but yeah. yeah. But you know what I do like about it though is that they. You can't cut weight in 1FC. Like, whatever you're walking around in is where you're fighting. And I really appreciate that. Because it saves, like, although they should be, like, drug testing fighters, I do like the fact that if you're not hydrated at the weight class that you're at, you're not fighting at that weight class. And I do appreciate that because it does save the health of the fighters for a long time. I feel that and I respect that. 
So at the same time, just like we've clamored over getting the sport clean. Oh yeah, and that's well, why UFC has done what they've done in part in Sada. But when you go over to Asia, they don't really test. They don't test the steroids. Nope. And then you have they, a situation the, like Sage Northcutt. Oh. Uh, that guy wasn't on steroids. They just put <coughs> Sage in a really bad matchup. That was a, Anybody I... who knows Cosmo's body of work knew that was a horrible matchup for Sage Northcutt. Right. They're like, like say, yeah, Sage is really good stand up. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a good karate practitioner. He's a guy who fights with his hands down. Uh, it, if you do your research and look up who Cosmo is, the guy is a several time Muay Thai champion. Even the people in his gym don't like sparring with him. He's a killer on the feet. And you can see that he knew what he was doing. He gave Sage absolutely no room to play. Right. No room. He closed the distance where Sage couldn't work in his kick, so he explode off his back foot and put that right hook on him. Well, there was like a lot of a lot of quick. Yeah, a lot of great feints that uh, a lot of great feints that Sage had to deal with because you're, and you're right, know. Cosmo is a is a beast. He gave he gave Sage no room. He knew he knew exactly what he was doing, but this is years of experience. Right. Years of experience. Years of striking experience. He knew not to give Sage no, no like before Sage could take three steps, that guy was in within punching distance, and Sage still had his hands down. Well, like, so it was interesting because I listened to Joe Rogan's podcast about this, and they were talking about there's there's levels of striking, right? And Cosmo yes. clearly is like levels <laughs> above him, right? But then there was a fighter that it's okay, it's okay. Um, there was a fighter that Cosmo fought and that he got dominated by. And they're like, it just shows you the level of practitions that go up. And he's like, Sage Sage is never going to get to that level of a Cosmo. It's just not going to happen because he isn't trained like that. No. And, uh, uh, I won't say that he'll never get to that level. You, he can get to that level, but he got to put in the work. got to put in a lot of work. You know that. Yeah. It is not, I will say this for those may not know, but here I will inform you. When people say you can be anything that you want, you absolutely can be. It is nothing saying that you can't be anything that you want, but in order to be that, you have to put in the work. Anderson right. Silva didn't just wake up and just was like, oh yeah, I'm going to be the greatest MMA fighter of all time. No, he trained his ass off. Right. Ali didn't say that you know, I'm just gonna be. I'm just just wake up and just was born the greatest boxer of all time. No, he worked his ass off. So, like a lot, a lot of people hate Floyd Mayweather. He Floyd Mayweather didn't wake up and just like, yeah, I'm the greatest boxer of all time. No, he trained his ass off. He put in the fucking work right. to be that, to call himself that. Yeah, Do you want to be at a level. If anything, no matter if it's fighting or intellectual or just be playing video games, podcasts, so on and so forth. But you got to put in the work. You got to put in the time. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like it the gap difference between time. the difference between Cosmo and Sage, though, like that is a light that, that's light years ahead. Now, could could he potentially get there? 
Of course. Of course he can. But it's Absolutely. it's not a it's not a likely thing that's gonna happen. You just gotta be honest with it. But I, I digress. Because Sage really wants to Sage really wants to compete. And he's trying like I mean, he's trying, he moved his gym to uh Team Alpha Male I, to get better at his grappling and his wrestling skills because we obviously have seen that because Sage lost fights that he definitely shouldn't lost. Like against Bob Reno. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because Lord knows he wasn't supposed to lose that fight. So, well, we got we to move. Nikki Gall. Oh, yo. Actually, hold on a second. Hold that thought. <laughs> let me let me talk about these last two fights. We had Zing Wei of China uh, win by TKO in a flyweight against Lou uh, Deglario. Um, and then the Super Series uh, kickbacks, kickboxing in a bantamweight. We had Fu Qing uh, Nan uh, win by decision uh, against Lou Wei. It's interesting, though, Logan, that you bring up Sage Northcutt versus Mickey Gall because our favorite Mickey Gall fan has just joined the podcast. Everybody, please welcome Anthony A.J. Lujan. First off, Mickey Gall is a douchebag. Fight <laughs> me. Fight me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, hello, my loves. What's up? Hi. Sorry, I'm late to this this fun thing. I miss you, Julie. Yeah, I haven't been on in a lot a long time. So, Anthony, we have our special guest Logan <laughs> Logan on, who is he's a, a god in the MMA world. He just he's very knowledgeable. We'll call him the Logan Cyclopedia of MMA. Right. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that much of an encyclopedia, but like I used to live and breathe that shit. Like that's all I would watch, especially when I had nothing but time on my hands. I used to go to sleep watching MMA, wake up watching MMA. It's funny. It's it's kind of like what Cliff does at his job. That's all he does. (laughs) So, I ain't got that kind of time anymore. (laughs) I got. I I struggle (laughs) to follow it as much as I used to, and as religiously as I used to. Because, hey, as long uh, as you follow, yeah. as long as you watch it. So I definitely still do. Like I love the sport. I love been it. a fan of the sport since I've been introduced to it. I remember the first time I ever seen an MMA fight. It was, I believe, it was Anderson Silva's first fight in the UFC. It Chris Lieben. Anderson Silva versus Chris Lieben. Yeah, buddy, I remember that fight. Oh, that was the first fight I ever seen. Oh, and I've been hooked ever since. <laughs> uh, did, didn't he win by like, those vicious knees? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was that the knee. He just outboxed Chris Lieben. Chris Lieben thought he coming in and fighting like a monkey, like monkey style with his guard wide open was a good idea. It's funny that you mentioned Chris Lieben and what he, and look what he's doing now. Well, but right. we'll get that to that we'll a little bit later. Man is, a, man is a fucking beast. We'll get, we'll get into way. that. So, really Liam quick. has always been a beast. He just makes horrible decisions. <laughs> so, 1FC uh, on June 15th also had uh, the legendary quest. Uh, three fights that you just want to talk on. Uh, Zhang Chenlong in a Bantamweight kickboxing versus Tyler Hardcastle. Uh, Zhang won by KO um, in the first round. Uh, Yoshiro Akiyama, which I was very excited to see. 
actually on this card. He lost by decision to uh, uh, Ag Agilon Salin uh, by decision. It was just cool seeing Mr. Sexy back in like a capacity of MMA. I am a huge fan of Akiyama. Um, Stamp Fairtex of uh, Thailand uh, won at Adam Weight Muay Thai World Championships against Ala uh, Junki Jun Kiyu. Um, I was interested in her fight only because I saw like all the stuff that she's been doing in Australia as far as like getting girls involved into Muay Thai. So it was really cool to see uh, Alma do her thing. But unfortunately, like I said, she lost in uh, uh, her five-round set. Um, after that, uh, One Warrior also was on for June uh, June 20th. One Warrior 6, three big fights. Uh, Bam Morris from the United States won by submission against uh, Javan Mula. We had uh, Ming Yong Koo Kim uh, from South Korea. He lost in his fight against Jerry Olsman from the Philippines. And then in the featherweights, we had uh, Hyun Jin Lee uh, going out against, I'm going to be honest, it's like Zoltek Seg so, um, from Mongolia. Uh, first round TKO. Um, so big ups to those guys. Want to give a, give a little love to all those fights. Now we have to jump in to the UFC. We're going to talk about the main card for UFC 154. I know everybody's all excited about this fight card, so we can dive into just the main card of it. Uh, Kevin Let's Harlan. Talk, it's UFC Fight Night. What 154, not UFC 154. 154 yeah, is like our fans, George St. Pierre in 2012. Yeah, I was going to say. First of all, fuck Watch off. Fight our fight fans <laughs> know where we're at. <laughs> UFC Fight Night 154. There, AJ. <laughs> so we're going to start off. Uh, Kevin Holland. The house big the AJ Lujan built. <laughs> Thanks for the wrestling memo. Uh, so Kevin Holland uh, defeats uh, Del Chirico. Um, indecision, all three, all three rounds. The scorecards, I think, had it 29-28, Um, this was a good win from Holland. What'd you guys feel about this fight? Um, I'm gonna go with Logan first because he's our guest. You said Holland? Yeah. Uh, hold up, I gotta recall. Give me two seconds. Well, while you take two those seconds, two, seconds, two, seconds. two seconds, Lou, what'd you got? Uh. <laughs> Big, big, big output for uh, Kevin Holland. He threw 253 uh, strikes That's in three rounds. That's a lot. He landed 192 of them, um, which only 58 of them were significant. And he's over three for takedowns. The only difference was is that uh, Alicio was able to take him down two out of four times. Yeah, Kevin Holland, well, he couldn't hold him down. He did get a couple takedowns, but he wasn't able to hold down Holland. And Holland was just precise, oh, no. precise striking, like left and right. It was insane. What what you got, Julie? Yes, Kevin. Oh, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, yeah, no, honestly, I was going to say roughly within the same realms. It was, uh, he was really heavy with the striking. It was, uh, I, I kind of figured with the amount that he was throwing, that's kind of. <laughs> if this makes sense, if you ain't going to get him with a knockout, you want to just keep scoring. If that makes sense, right? Yep. 
And that's kind of what I was seeing out of him. Like, and it and it wasn't just like just throwing, swinging for defenses to make a point either. Like, let me let me make a point of that. It wasn't just like tossing them. Like, it was actually locking them on too. So it was it was um it was in, it was interesting to see the amount of pressure he was putting on Alessio. Logan, what you got? Very very big output from a very big middleweight, and. The best thing about it is he didn't tire out. Normally when you see guys that big with that big of an output, they normally tend to tire out towards the third round. He did not. Kevin Holland is is going to be a problem, guys. In case anybody's overlooking him, he's going to be a serious problem down the road. Like, <laughs> Totally agree with I that output. I can see. I can see. I can see right now that he's going to be in title contention within these yeah. years. You know, I, I agree with you with that, Logan. I really do. I also think that he needs to work on his grappling, especially his takedown defense, because that middleweight division, you do have some wrestlers in there. Yeah. No, yeah, a lot of people point. get lulled away by all the striking that's been going on. But one of the top yeah. middleweights right now is Kelvin Gaston. He's a hell of a wrestler. Hell yeah. He's yeah. best off, but a lot of people forget how good of a wrestler he is. He, he wrestled all the way through, uh, all through Ultimate Fighter to win it. He ran, he won the Ultimate Fighter by wrestling people down to the mat. He won the Ultimate Fighter. Really, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, be honest. He kind of won it by 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 his hands. Really, he wrestled within his to get in the Ultimate Fighter house. But then his next couple of fights, he was knocking dudes out. The only person that he wrestled to actually like in the actual Ultimate Fighter tournament was Uriah Hall towards the well the finale. Yeah, it was a finale. It was definitely a finale. That's a pretty good, His that's wrestling a pretty good game plan. Legit. Uh, yeah. I, look, listen. Especially at that time, Uriah Hall is a... Uriah Hall is a very scary man, okay? He's an extremely scary man. He is literally the owner of the scariest knockout in the oh. Ultimate Fighter history. That dude's, knock, that dude's neck is still cracked. <laughs> Damn. Fuck that! Like when he did you hear the sound of that thing when it landed? Yes. If you if you if you were in a quiet room, I, I wouldn't even have to show you that video. I could just let it play and you just listen to the sound. You would flinch and you would be like, "Is that the sound of somebody getting hit?" Because yep. it sounds like somebody taking a bat for a hundred and six a hundred and six mile an hour fastball. That's the crack on it. And then the entire room went silent. And the only thing that you could hear was this guy's body resetting. That's all you heard. Yeah. Oh, man. It was, you could hear a pin drop after that knockout. And the, other, the other thing I remember distinctly about that fight was, like, the air trying to get back in through his nose. And he was just like, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. God, you know that sucked a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, it did. Yes, it did. It sucked a whole lot. So let's move up to the next fight, right? Where Andrea Lee uh, getting to win over Montana De La Rosa. Uh, I know Anthony loves this fight. 30-27, 30-27, 29 Anthony, talk to us, man, because I know, I know how you felt about it in the chat room. So why don't you go and uh, you know preach to us? I, I ain't afraid to say it. My hand was in my pants watching this fight. <laughs> no, I'm just. <laughs> why? Why? I could have went without knowing that. Oh God, no! 
No, you two. Both I these women. So good. Both. Both these women are very good looking women. And we were just having this conversation at work about the types that we like. And I, I don't know what it is. MMA women, they turn me on. Maybe I want to be submitted by them. Um, but past that, Andrea Lee looked so freaking phenomenal, y'all. Like, she had a game plan. She stuck to it. She threw some bombs. The following is a paid sponsorship. Hey, everybody. Cliff here with Get to KO. And I really hope you love what you're listening to. So did you know that you can get paid for listening to this podcast? I know it sounds insane, but it's true. We just discovered it for ourselves. It's a free app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to this podcast. Here's how it works. You listen to the podcast, and you earn a PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that PodCoin into a gift card at places like Starbucks and Amazon. Or, if you're a good person, you could donate that PodCoin to charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you do. You download the app right now on iPhone or Android, and I will have a special code just for you. Simply just use our code, the KO, and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. And if you listen to us enough on there, you can get a cappuccino at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on us. So go ahead and go listen to this podcast or virtually any podcast on PodCoin and, and sign up with the code, the KO. I swear, it'll change the way you listen to podcasts. Yeah, she was devastating in this fight. Um, big ups, too. I mean, normally we go through the stats, but because we have so much stuff that we got to cover, I I just have to say big ups to Andrea Lee, especially, right. you know, 135 strikes for the fight, you know, and De La Rosa, 136. Like, was no slouch in the, in the, in the fight, but it was significant strikes that really mattered in this one, where, um, you know, 73 of 126. Um, she was one for three for her takedowns, but De La Rosa owned that department in the wrestling aspect where she scored five takedowns, five out of 12 takedowns. So she was shooting a lot for those shot for those wrestling moves. But, uh, you know, big ups to Lee. Like you said, she set the game plan. She put it in motion, moved along. Uh, How did you feel about this fight, Logan? I was very impressed with Andrea Lee and with, honestly with Montana De La Rosa as well. They they're very talented girls. Like, unfortunately, at the top of the mountain waits a sniper. And listen here, I don't see anybody beating Valentina Chavez for a while. No. My wife is forever queen. I am sorry. Mm. That woman is scary. Hell if yeah. She was, if I was walking down a black, a dark alley and at the up, like, you know, walking past me is this chick, this cold-hearted ice running through her veins chick, I'd be slightly concerned. No, I understand. She, I was going to say, she is a scary individual. I feel bad for everybody in the flyweight division because it's just like, I don't see Valentina Shevchenko slowing down. Everybody said her last, like the last loss was to, I believe... Amanda uh, Nunez? Yeah, that young man. And, uh... <laughs> Uh, jokes, people. Just jokes. So good, though. Just jokes. So but anyway, good, <laughs> uh, but anyway, to Amanda Nunez, and I don't know if anybody else had it this way. I believe Amanda Nunez lost that fight. I agree. Me too. I had so many people I know say that it, it was bullshit. That fifth round, she took her down. Fuck yeah, but she didn't yeah. do anything on the ground. Shevchenko was striking on her off her back. Yep. Also. I just want to put this out here. You guys 
are a bunch of pussies for walking away from Shashenko. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ask her to walk me home. I'm not walking home. I don't want her to know where I live Excuse me, Cliff. At what point did I say I was going to walk away from her? I'd call her my wife. I'm not walking away from my wife. Cliff, you would say something about her dance and she would kick you in the head. I would be like, just don't dance. Just walk me home, please. <laughs> in the story I alley. would ask for her to dance me all the way home. Do your little <laughs> yes, dance. Yes. Dance all the way home. Let's I love dance. it, Julie. Let's dance. I don't <laughs> want that scary chick to know where I live at. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, well she's, she's, my, she's my wife. It's a requirement. I've already explained she can this. Submit to, me. I've already explained this to my You're husband. You're a very sick individual, sir. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> you. I appreciate you. <laughs> So let's move on. Andre Gul defeats Anderson Anderson Dos Santos uh, by decision 29-28, 29-28, 29 I actually had to score 29-28 as well. Um, great fight, great setups. I'm, I don't know, I'm excited. I wish I could see these guys uh, run this back because I felt like this fight was well well set. You know what I mean? It was a pick em. It was most definitely a pick em. The fight could have definitely went any way, any other way. I need six. I think more this was the this. fight that I was like, I was like, one more round, one more round. <laughs> they definitely needed it, but I do think these guys are definitely going to see each other down the road in the future, probably for the next three fights, I would say. So our co-main event. Yeah, I agree with you. You set set the point. So our co-main event, Brian Bam Bam Barina versus Randy Brown. We got to be honest. Speaking of Barbarina, Jesus Christ. I was <laughs> – so I have to be honest, right? And Anthony knows this as well. And Julie, you know this too. So Joe and Jake Ellenberger are friends of mine on Facebook. And so when Joe lost to Bam Bam and then Jake lost to Bam Bam, I was like, there's no way Randy's going to beat him. Except he did. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Jesus. Well, hold up. Put some respect on, on, on Randy Brown's name now. Yeah. His I last fight, he got caught. Especially uh, no, after he has, He's an extremely talented fighter. Yeah, no, and that fight, just, really, that fight just, really was helping show not just beating, Also, and not just beating Mickey Gall. He, he beat Mickey Gall pretty convincingly. He, he beat the hell out of Mickey Gall. <laughs> well, hold on. <laughs> yeah, he did. First of all, and Mickey Gall's like he beat the hell four just, fights He beat in. the hell out of everybody that he faced in the UFC, other than like when he got caught by, by Hamfist from the like, bottom. Yeah. And those, it was nasty Hamfist, but he got caught in a fight that he was winning. He was but winning that he, entire fight until, like, you know, Hamfist from hell. And here's my thing, though. Let me, let me caveat. Let me put this out there, right? Is that Jake Ellenberger was kind of towards the end of his career, right, when he got knocked out by Bam Bam. But nonetheless, Bam Bam has, like, just these nasty hands that he's able to just launch. And I felt that in this fight, he was going to be able to do the same thing with Randy Brown. I do give credit where credit is due because Randy is a definite – he's dangerous, like, in all aspects of it, you know. And I remember when Mickey was going all, uh, out on Twitter and stuff talking about – I'm a I'm a out wrestle him. I used to out wrestle him all the time. Blah 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 blah. This that, and the other, and Randy fucked his world up. So pretty much. 
my my point being though is that Bam Bam he he I I've known him as a deadly striker and as just he just blunt force trauma over and over again like hitting him. So when Brandy when Randy got to KO in the third round, I was like, oh shit, like good on you. And I mean, hand claps all around. But I right. personally, when I was picking this fight, I did not have Randy winning this fight. I thought Bam Bam was winning this fight. I didn't know if it was going to be a knockout. I kind of suspected maybe second round knockout because I figured Randy was probably going to slip. But Randy stuck to his game plan, worked his game plan all the way through, and then scored the KO in the third round. I was like, damn, Bam, you uh, you got to go back to the drawing board, my dude. Figure a new nickname out because Bam Bam is not your nickname. It's, it's <laughs> Brian Lights Out. <laughs> it ain't that bad. I mean... Bam Bam's not a bad fighter. He ain't the prettiest fighter, but he's not a bad fighter. He loves he's not with it. He, he, was, he was down to throw. Yeah. Of course. A man like Bam Bam, you gotta be down to throw. Gotta throw. So, Thanks. into our main event fight, right? So, we had this uh, Korean zombie versus oh, Moikano. Oh, guy. Fucking A. <laughs> you guys already want to get into this. So, Korean zombie wins this Korean fight. Zombie. Go on, Logan. Korean zombie. That's all I can say. Can I cuss on here? Yeah, oh, man. Dude, we fucking cuss all the time. It, it doesn't change anything. All right. Go ahead. If we couldn't... If we could fucking Korean zombie. Do not fucking... <laughs> stop fucking Dude. cursing on this podcast. God damn it. Yeah, straight up. I have a horror mouth. If we, if, we, if we couldn't curse, I would not be allowed on either show. Let's be real. <laughs> I have right, a horror mouth. Break it down for us, man. All right. Let's break it down. I need to see Max Holloway versus Zombie. I need to see that fight. I need that fight in my life. Yeah, I, really I zombie ready. couldn't couldn't argue I, that. I want I want to see Jose Aldo Korean Zombie too. That's gonna be a great matchup now. I would yes, love that actually, because unfortunately, like my guy Korean Zombie's shoulder dislocated in a tie-up, <laughs> and then Jose Aldo disrespectfully ass decided that he wanted to kick it. Yeah, Julie, give us your rundown. How of the great fight. was it? Rundown of the fight was fifty-eight seconds. Let's be real. There's really not much of a rundown that'd be going on. The bell rang. Some stuff happened. Korean zombie said, "I'm done paying anymore. I want to go home early." Bing. Like, let's be real. <laughs> you want to talk about someone who said, "I don't want to do this all night." That was that. That's what it seemed like to me the moment the bell rang. I don't uh, know. And here's, there was there was something in Korean zombie's face. To me, that just said he doesn't want to be here all night. He wants us done early. I don't know what it was. It just looked like he was pre- like in it, if that makes sense. You know, you can see some guys where they're like, oh, this motherfucker doesn't want to play today. It just, that's what it seemed like for, for me. It just seemed like with the moment, the moment he got in the octagon and the bell rang, it was like, oh, he's, this isn't a game right now. This isn't going to go far. And it didn't. It would last 58 goddamn seconds. So. Korean Zombie had to make a statement. Especially yeah. after he was dominating his last fight and then he gets caught by elbow. Right. That's why I think I think the whole demeanor change kind of look I'm in here happened once he got in the octagon. It would make sense, you know, the whole statement fight. This was a fucking statement, so 
And I also love when they were panned into the people in the crowd and you can see all the Korean people just losing their shit. Like fat Korean guys holding up the flag, just losing their mind. I'm like, get it. I'm so excited for you because you look so jolly. Pretty much, you know, like, and that's the thing, yo. Like, foreign countries really get behind their fighters. Oh, yeah. They have, like, Dude. they really get behind their fighters. Okay, because you double as America a... is pretty much like the only place that does. Let's let's be real. You because du- because of the wrestling thing, it doubles in wrestling too. I mean, how many times when you can see like uh, a show from overseas and their fans are just uh, amazing? Then you bring them over here and you have like what happened at Stomping Grounds where we're just total dicks to the wrestlers and just like boring. This is stupid. But then when you watch like a year of uh, when you watch the, the 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 UK matches, people are just losing their mind and they're cheering and they got their own their own little sayings and you're like, ah, oh, see, why can't we? Why why can't we? Can well, we? the biggest biggest problem with things in the US, right? Nice things in the US is we that suck. we don't we don't appreciate it. I mean, when you look at other countries, they're, like, very limited. And we've talked about this on the podcast very openly where, like, everything's known for something, right? And, like, Great Britain – we talk about with MMA, right? So Great Britain's always kind of known for, like, their boxing side. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, obviously, it's, it's jiu-jitsu. Um, we've talked about in Japan where they're known for, like, kicks. And we've talked about different areas. But the funny thing is if you look at the states, right – the states will get behind their fighters. Like Hawaii gets all behind their Hawaiian fighters. California gets behind California fighters. But if you took a cal- like if you took the California kid and you took him to Florida to go fight somebody from England, guys in the US are like, Whatever, I don't give a fuck. It's like, where's my guy at? And it's like, dude, man, why can't you just rep your country man? <laughs> And it's really like that, yo. Like, when you think about it, yo, like humans, America's just, humans look, no, just humans, period. They find a reason to just separate themselves. Yeah. yeah. Like, they find a reason to be. It's like, all right, prime example. They just, prime example. All right. For, for us, I don't know. I'm, for those who don't know, I'm very much black. <laughs> what? Yeah. And, uh,. <laughs> For for guys that are my color, and it's just nothing but separation. It's just like, prime example. Y'all may y'all may or may not know about this. We just say, all right, team dark skin, team light skin. Yeah, oh, it don't matter. No, I'm about to say it doesn't matter to anybody else because we're team still looking as black. Like you feel me? And then it's just like, all right, another example. How many of you guys are from Baltimore? I'm I'm not from Baltimore. I'm from Metro Detroit, so. (laughs) I'm in the D, so. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Detroit is the hood, so. Yeah, that's, yeah. I have have a buddy. He told me about his experience from from his visit to Detroit. I won't say anything. I always giggle. I don't want to get shot the next time he's up there. uh, (laughs) If this makes sense, I I always giggle when I go. They're like, where are you from, Metro Detroit? And you hear the, oh. Like yeah. <laughs> the, the audible dip in vocals. From what I hear, um, Detroit is a very, very sad place. It, That's sad because this guy's from Baltimore, and Baltimore is uh, I like to call Baltimore a hellhole. But from what it, he's it, telling it, me, it, he told me that Detroit made Baltimore look like heaven. 
Yeah, if this <laughs> makes sense, the, there there's a reason why we have the saying Detroit versus everybody. <laughs> because it feels like that. And half the time it still feels like Detroit versus Detroit because it just gets ridiculous. But, my friend told me but, I need but to know my, how the, true this statement is, too. I think uh, the what are you saying? I'm sorry. My friend told me he was uh, down there when he was down there for whatever tour that he was at. He went to a carryout to, to get some chicken wings. And they was playing porn on the TV at the carryout. Oh, I'll probably even tell you what part of the city that's from, too. That's I need sad. to find that bar. That's, that's not a bar. Like, that's just a carryout. It's a carryout. No, no, that's not. What? You, listen, like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I know like, what happens when guys watch porn. Yeah, let, let me let me. Around food. There's, there's a reason why there's certain places you go and you don't go. Like, just like, you, just, but, you just get a little extra sauce in it. It's fine. Right, right, right. Oh Is my it, god. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're getting sidetracked from all back this. Back to it. Back to here's, it. Back to it. Here's my. Here's the easiest my way to point. say it is Michigan is the high five America left hamming. That's the easiest <laughs> way to get it. So here's here's my point though. Lower. Right, is that. If you're not from the state and you're fighting in that in a different state, you get booed like shit. Like, and perfect example, right? Julie, you brought it up last night. WWE had stomping grounds. We'll cover it on Frankensteiner on Thursday night. Just to let you know. Um, but Daniel Bryan had a huge ovation. He's the bad guy. You're not booing him in his home in his home state. Whereas, oh, absolutely not. No. Daniel Bryan has the. I would like to call the Brad Hart effect. Right, he's a heel everywhere else fuck except Canada. Seattle. Right, <laughs> and they cheered the fuck out him. But then, like, if Undertaker was there fighting Daniel Bryan, even though Undertaker is like, off, he's the face, right? He's a legend. He would get they would they would boot the shit out of him. But if he's in, if exactly. he's anywhere else, everybody's like, yeah. But that's my point, though, is that we we're so we're so bad about it, like. Like, even if you look at, like, like when it comes to national sports, we'll get behind the U.S. soccer team and a women's soccer team currently, right? But after that, we're like, who the fuck cares about soccer? It's not the World Cup. We don't care. And meanwhile, Brazil has, like, all these tournaments and the whole country is behind them in every single thing that they do because they have a lack of options. It's like soccer, fighting, that's cricket, I guess, and – that's it. Whereas, like we we have all these sports: football, baseball, basketball, soccer, hockey, MMA, fucking cricket. We for some reason we participate in that and rugby and like everybody's like we we're so spread out. We we are so spoiled when it comes to sports and we just want more. In boxing, like it's just wild. And so, our we don't appreciate our hometown heroes, our countrymen, like we should. And it's very crazy how, like, South Korea over here has such a strong following for the Korean zombie, and he did an amazing Absolutely, job. because that's their, that's their countrymen fighting America. Exactly. If they're not from, of course, they're going to get behind him. <laughs> but, it's just like, but, like, that's how, that's how other countries are. It's Canada, Great Britain, Ireland especially. My God. Con McGregor took off. Yeah. Jesus. Well, like, even think about this, right? So, and it, it's funny because if, as long as you're from that country, 
and you're in that country, you're always the hometown favorite, right? Especially when we watched just using WWE. That's that's sports entertainment. First of all, it's sports entertainment, but everybody in the UK, Becky Lynch comes out, never going to get booed. Even if she's the bad guy, never getting booed. And the fans were so confused when Nikki Cross came out. They're like, we don't know who to cheer for. We're going to go cheer for both. <laughs> I'm like, that's that's classic right there. They come back to America. For some reason, we're just like, oh, Seth Rollins? Ah, uh, boo that guy. He's not from I or he's not from Jersey. Does anybody really want to be from Jersey? It's jokes. <laughs> Stop. It's jokes. Uh, let's reel this back <laughs> in, dang it. Let's reel this back in, back to the MMA world. No, we're not even going MMA. We're going bare-knuckle boxing, okay? So let's get into this. Bare-knuckle boxing... We talked about this a few weeks ago and how much we've been hyped about bare knuckle boxing coming along. So really, I want everybody to kind of find one fight that they want to talk about. I feel Anthony's fight that he wants to talk about is Chris Lieben. You can talk. What do you, which fight do you want to cover, Anthony? You go ahead and pick one. Definitely Chris Lieben versus my boy Dakota Cochran. All right. And here's the reason why. Oh, no, we'll, we'll, we'll go up the card, right? Well, I figured everybody could pick out one fight and they could talk about that one fight. So I, that's why I went with you first because I know you want to talk about the Dakota Cochran fight. Okay, so perfect. All right, so the Co- Dakota Cochran versus Chris Levin. Chris Levin, MMA star, MMA goat, great. Sounds a bare knock boxing. He's badass, right? You get this Nebraskan out here, out there, who I've watched Dakota train. Because he's he's trained in Omaha, he's trained in Lincoln. He's fought here both Omaha and Lincoln. Big 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 guy for MMA goes out and bare knuckle boxes. His first ever bare knuckle bare knuckle boxing experience. He knocks out Johnny Hendricks, big rig. So then you get Chris Levin and Chris Levin. I just feel like Chris Levin would again was going to be a lot more to bite off. Especially when you come off a of short notice. Like, nobody knows Dakota took this fight short notice. Came out and looked good. His jabs looked good. His hooks looked good. The pressure looked good. He knew that to get in inside the Chris David and not stay out in range. And he he won that by decision. Like, Dakota looked real good. I think this is his sport. You're right. I did he like did. his fight. He looked very good against... Uh... Very good against Chris Levin. Julie, what fight do you want to cover? <laughs> Give me one moment. I was having another coughing fit. I'll be right back. All right, well, <laughs> Logan, go ahead and cover the fight that you want to cover, man. Let's uh, cover Walber Barrels versus Joe Riggs. Let's do. Which was very, very interesting. Yes, it was. Right, that was a war, man. Uh, that, was... <laughs> that, was... that was a war. To them. I've, I haven't seen a draw in bare knuckle boxing since the sport's been around. But the fact that these guys went in there and threw, and these weren't small punches. These guys went to war. I don't think we gave that enough credit. No. I mean, Riggs, Riggs was split open pretty bad. Um, oh, but so- yo. The fact that he was hanging and banging the way he was against Barros, man. And those guys, you're right, man. Those guys went to war. 
They were ready for everything that the other guy was ready to throw. It was a it was an amazing set. Um, for you guys who don't know, the scorecard was set 47-47. All three judges, unanimous draw. It was a very it was very interesting to watch because those guys they were dropping bombs. So Julie, that was six. Now let's talk about. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about. Yeah. Julie, are you back yet? RTM. <clears throat> nope, she's not back yet. I <laughs> am back. Sorry, okay. I'm so. I thought I was gonna have another coughing fit. Sorry, the uh, all the cotton was starting to kill me. I have been do- okay almost the entire podcast, but towards the end, it's starting to get me. Um, yeah, we're talking about Lobov. Not yet. That's the only I want to save. I, I want to save that. That's fight. the only fight I can think of. Yeah, I was gonna say I want to save that fight. <laughs> For the for the last fight that all of us will discuss, because obviously that was the main event, there was a lot of trash talk that went on. So before that, right. um, I do want to cover this fight. Um, we have a guy who's always on our show, uh, Justin Ghost Starks. Everybody knows he's a, a MMA amateur mm-hmm. champ, uh, trains out of uh, Florida coast. Uh, definitely big ups, three three champ, three belt champ. I want to give him a lot of love. Um, so his teammate actually fought on this card, and unfortunately, uh, El Van Brito uh, took a heavy, heavy knockout to uh, Jim Allers. So he uh, just did not see the, the straight coming, caught him, put him out, just straight lights out. It was a first-round KO 45 seconds into the fight. God, it was nasty i don't know if you guys happen to got to see this fight or if you even got to see the highlights um but it is out on youtube and it was it was brutal so i don't i think i think i might have yeah if you get a chance to you you oh my god i just felt bad because in the mma world brito actually beat allers handedly but unfortunately in a bare knuckle boxing world, that didn't translate. So, yeah. back to the drawing <laughs> board. Nope, was not. So let's get into the. Go ahead, Logan. Lead us off into the greatness of this main event and how it was. Oh my God, uh, Paulie versus Autumn. You talk about a build, and I mean, these guys had no love. For- there's been trash talk. There's been, been threats. Artem said he wanted to kill him. Paulie said that he wanted to kill Artem. It was, it's, the, honestly, <laughs> everything leading up to this was, was about as entertaining as Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz both times. Very entertaining. <laughs> I couldn't wait to see these guys get in that ring and just throw. And um, now, I will say this. I gave Artem... Absolutely zero fucking chance to win this fight. You're going into a boxing fight, even though it's bare knuckle, with a professional boxer. And not just a professional boxer or any professional boxer. This is Paul Marginaji. Whether he's old or not, this guy's a former champion. Now, I would like to say this. Paulie definitely could have won that fight. But he literally was throwing... Like, he was just, like, running away and just throwing, like, one punch at a time. Yeah, 
uh, it wasn't a very impressive performance by Artem. I give him, I give him that, but like, Paulie just didn't turn it on. I don't know. I truly believe if Paulie actually decided to turn it on, Artem would have lost. You know what was interesting about this fight? There's there's two things I want to talk about that were interesting as this build was going on to the fight, right? Um, the build up, right? There was a part in the fight, right prior to the fight, where Artem went to the commission and said that he smelled something. It was a scent coming off the Vaseline of Artem, right? And so the commission went in and talked to uh, talked to uh, Polly. Obviously, smelled Vaseline. Didn't smell a scent. So. Polly came back and was like, well, don't be scared, Artem. Don't be scared. But it was something that Polly had said in a fight. He said, like, a few things that kind of irked my, irked me a lot. One of them was, these judges have never actually scored a boxing fight before. Well, they're judges, and they're probably amateur judges at that, so you're probably right. But they scored the fight the way they did because your face is fucked up. Two, the other big thing I had... And not just that, you threw one... You were throwing, like, single punches and running away on a sport that thrives on brawls. Well, and then he came out and he was like, well, I broke my left hand in the first round. And, and I don't then, know how true the, that the, is, because I'm not, I'm not in your body, Polly. Thank God. The, the but, shit that grinded my gears is when he said, uh, I won the fight. You clearly didn't. You could've. If you actually would've tried. Yeah. You could have most definitely won the fight. And then he was talking about he's like you, I didn't want to embarrass he was talking about I didn't want to embarrass the boxing community. Dude, you did. You, you straight did. did. <laughs> you walked in there, you had one punch. It felt like you threw one punch per round and may have landed, but you you were slow in the ring. You weren't tagging, and you weren't tagging like you normally do, like we talk about, right? You weren't setting up anything. You thought you could walk in there cold-handed and win. All you did was, and all I feel like he did was cardio. Like you just went and did cardio because you thought your hands were going to be enough to handle Artem. And Artem is training. And granted, he's not perfect at any means. Artem is not a perfect striker. He what? does have a hell of a right hand. But he does land. He throws, he throws bombs. He was, yeah. And Polly's eye, that one cut above Polly's left eye is enough to tell the story about what happened. Like, dude, you got your face fucked up. Handily. You got, you got your ass kicked. Pretty much. You said you didn't want to embarrass boxing. You embarrass boxing. Straight yep. dead. Anthony, how'd you feel about the fight? Uh, from what I caught of it, I'm going to be honest here. I am 34 years old, and I fell asleep between the second and third round and caught the fifth round. <laughs> it's only I two know rounds. Pain. Yeah. I know your pain. Oh, my God. I've been there. <laughs> I've set alarm clocks every 10 minutes at pay-per-views before. So just to be on the safe side. <laughs> All right. Now, yeah, getting up there in age, you tend to... You tend to fall asleep. No, you need a nap. Well, also, also once, we, once we start reaching like one thirty in the morning for a main event, I'm like, why are you guys doing this to me? Can we start having main events at 3 p.m.? <laughs> day drink? Can we start doing that? Yeah, we, we used, I used to make fun of my grandpa and my dad and everybody else because they'd fall asleep watching like football. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And here I am 10 years later. <laughs> 
Oh yeah. Oh, I missed three. I missed three rounds. What the hell happened? I straight up stopped giving my shit, giving shit to my dad about passing out anywhere, anywhere for for because of moments like I would watch a pay per view, and then all of a sudden I'd hear everyone freaking out, and I'd be like, "What happened?" They're like, "So and so got KO'd." I'm like, "No one felt to wake me up as if this was important." So. <laughs> Yeah, I fall asleep in the middle of pay-per-views. I work on Saturdays. Yeah. And normally it's a double, so I'm up at like 5 a.m. I don't come right home until about 9. Yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, from what, what I... I feel you. From what I did catch, Autumn looked decent. He didn't look top-notch. Like, everybody's thinking that he's just going to walk in and take the real title. He didn't. But Polly, man... Stay in the retired world, bro. Stay in the retired world. Yeah. So now we're gonna we're gonna talk about something. So Logan brought this up to me. We were talking about this at the AUW uh event this past Saturday. How many people want to talk about the Tyson Fury fight? Because uh are, you, are we gonna cover that? <laughs> I mean, are we really gonna cover that? Yeah, let's let's really let's really cover this because uh, there was a fight. Uh, how much of a fight can you actually say there was? Uh, Tyson Fury won in the second round by KO. Uh, but how much of an embarrassment? Well, I thought was it was the it? first round. It wasn't the first round. Was the first no, round? It was second round. It was second round. Because man, round. yeah, dude made it out of the first round, but uh, he definitely. He he learned all the setups and Fury took it to him, but um, yeah. How how like you your next fight? Obviously, you're trying to get that next fight so that you can get ready for you know Wilder, right? Or you know Ruiz, whoever whoever you're trying to set up for, right? But, I would really like to see Fury versus Ortiz. I think that would be really pretty heavy. I just feel like. You gotta like sometimes. I guess sometimes you need those. I don't want to call it a cupcake fight because clearly, obviously, <laughs> it was once you get to the pro, it was definitely a tomato can fight. It let's was. Not, let's 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 not give it anything. Let, let's call it what it is. It was it was tomato smash. It was can smashing. Yeah, it was a tomato can. Come on now. And it's like it's like yo, like Tyson, like you're. You're getting up in age, and yet you're still taking these bum ass fights with with dudes who are not on your level. I'm sorry. It, and it's, that record. <laughs> you got to pad that record, I guess. You know, it's appropriate that we we talk about we end this with with boxing as we have started this with boxing as well. Um, it's just a, it's funny because it's like, where do you? Like now that now that Fury has his fight, Wilder has his fight. Obviously, we're probably gonna see. Well, we're gonna see the AJ Ruiz two fight. After let's let's call it what it is. Wilder and Fury two is gonna happen. So, who are you guys gonna pick between AJ Ruiz two and Wilder Fury two, and do those two fight for? I believe that Wilder will take Fury the second time. I believe that AJ will wind up being Ruiz, which is going to cause it to be a rubber match. It's a fair call. I can take that. What about you, Anthony? What do you see in that fight? Those fights? 
Who? Who do you got? So, <laughs> <laughs> so you got... Right. Who? Lou? Uh, so check this out. I... I don't know. I, I, I'm up in there, and here's why. Tyson Fury didn't look... Bad. I'm going to call it bad. He looked decent against Tyson Fury, except for that knockout. And we all know that was a knockout. Holy... He was down for 30 seconds. Um... I like Dante Wilder. I'm still going to go with him on that. And I'm not going against I'm not going against Anthony Ruiz on this. I think Anthony Ruiz is going to win another one. And then, then he drops it to Dante Wilder, we'll call it. I could. Um, I do think that AJ is going to come back with a vengeance. I think... Let's not forget that AJ dropped this dude, too. Like, yeah, he did get the upper hand on AJ, but like every dog has his day. I'm not calling Anthony Ruiz not a good fighter. He's, he's a great fighter. I just think AJ is better. I just think AJ had an off night. I think he had an off I think night. AJ needs to get back to his roots. He he had an off night against uh, so a guy did, who had off. 22 straight. Who had 22 wins? Like you, if you have an off night, I can I can understand that, right? But it was something to be said that once Ruiz got dropped in the third round, all the commentators rode AJ's dick, right? They're like, oh, he's the biggest killer. Look at what he's going to do. Bam, got dropped. And then this, all the commentators went silent because they didn't know what the hell was going on. And then as AJ gets up, he gets knocked down again. But that still doesn't explain him trying to get momentum back from the fourth, fifth, sixth, going into the seventh round where Ruiz already had the upper hand. And once Ruiz was able to lock in, that was – that. AJ didn't know what to do. I feel like if we get back into another round or another fight, right? Joshua's probably not going to take the fight as obviously he's not going to overlook Ruiz, right? But Ruiz is already setting up for AJ in the second fight. And I feel like Ruiz, he it's going to go 12 rounds. Let's be real. I don't think there's going to be a stoppage of this fight coming up. Because I don't see AJ... I think AJ's going to come in very cautious into this fight. Even if you gave him a cupcake fight to get in the, in the role for Ruiz, I think Ruiz is he's going to be locked in. And I think AJ's going to be very timid to strike. Because it, it happens to the best fighters who are undefeated. Once they, go, once they get that first knockout, or they get knocked out that first time, that's it. Like they, There's two mindsets. Either they come back with a vengeance or they, or they faint out. And I kind of feel like AJ is one of those guys who will backpedal versus going forward. You know what I mean? I find that funny that you say that, man, because the man has never backpedaled. Even when he did get dropped by, even when he did get dropped by Klitschko, he's always come forward. Well, look at look at Nagano, right? Nagano. We can we can we can call two different fighters, right? But Nagano was knocking everybody out, right? And then he gets knocked out. And in the next fight we see him, he's like, nope, I don't want to engage. I'm not going to engage, right? And he was like, he was very scared to fight because he didn't want to get dropped again. And I kind of feel like... I was going to say, when did he get knocked out? We, he, who did he have to fight with? No, he he got dominated. He got dominated by Steve and then then the Derek Lewis fight was right afterwards. That's and, what I mean, oh, though. Listen, like Derek Lewis fight. I, I mean, it's Derek Lewis, and then on Derek Lewis, his defense, it's it's fucking Francis and Ghana. 
But the thing, well, no, <laughs> the thing about Derek Lewis, Derek Lewis doesn't, the Black Beast doesn't back down because the thing is, he had a hurt back, like he hurt his back in the sec in the first round, and then he couldn't strike as much because obviously he's in a lot of pain trying to carry, like obviously keep like his great his good form, but Nagano on the other hand never never pushed the tempo of the fight. He was just scared to engage after what happened with Stipe. Then what we end up having. Funny. Because it was very funny because Derek Lewis is not a wrestler. So no. the fact that he didn't like really push the pace because Derek Lewis wasn't a wrestler. Yeah. And, and I get, and that's the thing is like, I'll give Derek Lewis like all his props because he's got great knockout power, obviously. And you're right. He's not a wrestler type. Gotta work on that cardio. But uh, that he, yeah, he has no cardio. That man will, that man will never run to save his <laughs> life. Um, He'll he will run if Ronda Rousey is in front of him. That's when he'll run. Um, Where's Ronda Rousey's fine asset? <laughs> Where Ronda uh, Rousey's fine asset? But my point being though is that AJ, I I want to see where AJ's head's at since being dropped. Obviously, he needs to have he needs to have that settled fight for Ruiz because I feel like going into this fight, like if we would have put him straight in with Ruiz again. I feel like you would see AJ kind of like he would he it would make it look like he's gonna come out strong, but he would be very hesitant about throwing anything until probably about the fourth or fifth round, and that's where he'll start getting comfortable again to to start striking. But I just I'll be honest, man. Like I think AJ in this next fight against Anthony, he's gonna to be too scared to strike. I don't think he will. We shall see. time will tell. We shall see. Viva Mexico! Let's go back to his. Let's <laughs> go back to his original team. Stay in London for his full camp. Don't hang out, Drake. Oh, <laughs> leave Drake ass alone. <laughs> the curse. But yeah, so it's interesting that we'll have those fights coming down. Um, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm definitely pulling to see a Ruiz versus Wilder fight. I really want to see that. That boxing matchup happened. Uh, just me personally. I just I that's where I want to be. Facts. So guys, I don't really want to see that thing. Wilder would knock Ruiz's ass out <laughs> because he has the reach advantage. He has a lot of reach and power. Like power, I think those guys hit as hard as the other. Yeah, but he has like sustainable power. Other fights, like it's Ruiz's power doesn't succeed as you can tell as he knocking Wilder will. Joshua ass down, motherfucking. Yeah, but third round. Fury got knocked out in the twelfth round by Wilder. Like that's insane. Like just straight power. And I'm about to say, I'm about to say Wilder. Yeah, Wilder put Fury down in the twelfth round. Yeah. And also, I'm, I got to play devil's advocate. Wilder barely did any boxing the entire fight. <laughs> he, he was looking good. <laughs> he missed. I would say he missed the majority of the punches he threw. Yep. He was just looking to knock him out. And he thought that he was just looking for that sweet shot. The problem is, Fury is a very technical guy, with very good footwork, and very good movement for a big guy. And it was very hard for, for, for Fury to touch him. But when Wilder actually stays technical and goes back to his roots, that's when Wilder's is the scariest. As you can see, prime example with the Brazil fight. Knocking Brazil ass out in the first round. Yes. Got points. Wilder's a scary man. Wilder is a very scary man. 
the dude. Oh my god, I can't wait. We have things going up in the future. So, Logan, we will be bringing you back on, especially for these later boxing fights that we come on. But right now, what we need is you to give us your plugs, man. Like, where can people find you if they want to come talk to you, at you, whatever it is, man. Uh, currently, I've been, I'm not really plugged in anywhere. I've been on a social media cleanse. So I'll let you guys know when I am back and out of the dark. Well, this is me stepping out of the dark right now doing this podcast. This is the first thing I've done on social media in a very long time. Other than that, the only thing I have is my personal Facebook, in which case, I'm sorry, guys. I love you all, especially all my fans. Can't have that. That's my personal Facebook. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope, definitely understand my that. Friends, I was going to say, my friends, my friends and my family have my Facebook. To all my fans, I love you. I'll be back on social media very soon for you guys to like follow me and so forth, and I'll drop a plug next time I'm on, I promise. All right. Anthony, go ahead and give us some of your link and love. Uh, all right, guys. Um, My link and love, hey, shout-outs right now. I don't know if I'm supposed to say it. Please forgive me, Dwight, when I say this, but my buddy Dwight, who's a good friend of mine, who fights at Uriah Hall's Greatest Gym, is officially on a contender series, guys. August 6th, it's going down. I've been following his Snapchats. If you guys don't follow his Snapchats, definitely follow his Snapchats. Let me get to his Snapchat right now. But go check that out. It's, uh, it's, it's crazy. It's, um, it's great to see what he's doing right now. Anything. It's DJTJ1. So go ahead and check him out. That's my Lincoln Love, man. Right on. Julia, what can people find you? Uh, as usual, jump on the Instagram at a little less Chewbacca. Just being an asshole as usual. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh, and at some point, I'm going to give out my uh, Xbox stuff because the husband and I are doing more stuff. He wants the husband's talking about doing Twitch streaming. So, yay, maybe at some point y'all can see the, the mad at you. That 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 crazy bastard who deals with this loudmouth. So you know, he's a saint. <laughs> and then you guys can catch me on all your favorite social media platforms, whether that's Discord, Reddit, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, at cm underscore miller eighty five. Also, you guys can find me on the podcast Frankensteiner, which is attached to Frank Culture, and so is Get to Ko. And then you guys can also find me on Nerds at a Round Table talking about comic books and all your other favorite stuff. Um, so you guys reach out wherever here, always here to talk. So, Logan, thank you again for being on the show. Not a problem, brother. You know, I'm always here for you. I'm looking forward to being back here. Hopefully you invite me again sometime soon. Not just boxing and MMA. You know, I'm a huge pro wrestling mark. And, Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Um... Guys, just to let you know, too, uh, WCF Wrestling will be going on this Saturday. We do have uh, Madness, and then we also have uh, AUW uh, next week. So you can catch both Logan and I there at the shows. Actually, I don't think you're going to be at the next AUW show, but you should be at the one after that. I won't that. be at the next AUW show, and I will be at the one following that. However, for all, for all you fans out there, or even if you just become one of my fans that listen to me talking podcast i will be wrestling for the wcf's national title this weekend at wrestling madness 
Jam, so buddy. Come out, support. Bring a chair. Bring your family. Bring your friend. Come out, support. You. Game changer. That's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. Damn straight. I mean, that's AEW, but all right. Hey, you, you uh, say game w changer. I am. I am a game changer. Game changer. I'm king. Oh hell, Logan. My pack, it's my pride. That's what I call my fans, my pack, my pride. I love you all. I look forward to seeing you very, very soon. And don't worry, I'll be having that social media launching back up. At least, at least I will say by July. By July, I'll have my social media back. Hey. And so, you guys can follow me. With that, guys, we're just going to go ahead and tell you, good night and good fight.